Good morning, Valley Church. It's a great morning, isn't it? We probably should say it together, great morning. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done and all you're going to do. Amen. First thing I'd like to do is just, I had a go-to scripture all week, something that I meditated on, and and, uh, it's like, yes, yes, yes. And then uh, ended up preparing a scripture from, prepared a message based on the scripture this morning. And so if you would turn to me to, wow. Uh, Tim, I think you left something here, and I stepped in it, or something, I was like... Second mm. Thessalonians chapter three verse five. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. <laughs> That's a pretty good one to meditate on right there, isn't it? Let's read that together. Ready? Get set. Go. Now, may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. Awesome. Now, may the Lord direct your hearts. May the Lord direct my heart into the love of God and into the patience of God. Christ. Mm. Yes. Meditated on that one for a while. It's like, oh, let it be, Lord. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be in me. This morning, there's so many things that I, that I want to talk about and that, uh, that I want to celebrate. And the first thing, you remember two weeks ago, uh, yeah, two weeks ago, I climbed to the top of that ladder and was looking down on everybody. <laughs> Preaching the word, and I had the opportunity to baptize five amazing people. That it's like you remember that. Remember the first one that was baptized? Yeah, I will never forget that one. She was. Uh, we we prayed together for her as she sat in the tub. We prayed together over her. And I'd like to ask her to come up here right now. So Renee, would you come up? Man, oh, you're young and tough. You can make it up those stairs. I'm sure of it. (laughs) This young lady, she was ready to be baptized, and she shared, actually she shared while we were in the library talking about, about baptism and teaching about baptism, and shared that she was scheduled Tuesday to end up having a lung removed. That... Tuesday, you know, like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, two days later, having a lung removed. And so that would have been like a couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago on Tuesday. So she was here last Sunday in the back of the church, and it's like, oh, wow, you're here? 
you went in for that surgery, and I, I was almost leery about what to ask or what to say or even giving her a hug. I'm not, it's like, wow. But so I, I just want, when I did and when I got to speak with her, she started to share to me some of the thi- share with me some of the things that had, had transpired and even what she experienced while she was being baptized and up there when we prayed and, and all. And so I just wanted her to share some of that with you guys. So she did go in for the lung surgery. She did have the lung removed. And before she starts talking, though, I'd like to, and she'll probably help narrate through this just a little bit. Let's first have a look at that. If you can get, like, the lung, where we have a picture of the lung. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Thing of beauty, huh? <laughs> and the, the mark that's in there is something that they were pretty much thinking was cancer. But once the lung was removed, it's like no cancer. So first of all, we have a praise report right there. Cancer free. Next, I was still was I was I was having a hard time believing that she had on Tuesday had her lung removed and Sunday last Sunday she was here worshiping in church. It's like that's pretty amazing right there too, isn't it? It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so tell me <laughs> here. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold this for one thing that that she did share with me is like, well, you want me to talk. After having the lung removed, you know, there are some nerves that were affected, so I don't talk very well yet. I have to have a little bit of speech therapy before I get my voice completely back. So, a normal thing. But, so I'm going to hold the microphone for her, and I'm going to probably end up asking her some questions, unless she just takes off and, and I have to interrupt to be able to say anything. But, however this goes, I want let, we're, we're just... No, I want to hold it. I want to make sure it's like right there. All right. Oh, see, you're backing away already. I knew it. Good morning. Is that oh, it? Hold it. <laughs> okay, keep it right there. Keep okay. it like. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. So I was suffering for about three years. I had this chronic cough. I would go to the specialists. I would go to doctors. And they're like, you're fine. It's just a cough. And I was like, but it's really affecting me. So there would be times where I would cough so much, I would throw up. So then I started losing weight. And that's when they're like, hmm, what's going on? So they did x-rays, they did lab work, nothing was wrong. So do you guys remember, like, in August, September, where the air quality was really bad and it was really smoky? So I got a sinus um, tension headache. And I was like, wow, that's really bad. But then a few days later, it ended up in my ear. And I never had any ear infection or anything. So I went to the doctor. He gave me antibiotics. And all my friends were like, oh, in a day, you're going to feel so much better. Well, I didn't. So then I talked to my friend. And she's like, just go to like a doc in the box and check. Go, OK. So I was like, it really hurts. What should I do? And he's like, where are you pointing? And I'm like, right here. And he's like, that's your skull. I'm not going to charge you. Go to the ER. I was like, no. So I went back to work. My friend's like, what are you doing here? They said, go to the ER, go to the ER. So I called my daughter, and she's like, yeah, let's go. So they were going to scan my head. And I said, OK. While we're doing that, 
can you scan my lungs and stomach too? Because I have this cough. And they saw I wasn't using the left lung at all. It was completely collapsed. But they didn't know why. So they did tests and there was nothing wrong. But they're like, we'll remove it and see what's going on. So the picture they showed you with like the white thing, that's a lift node. So my right lung was pushing everything away because it was working, my heart was working harder. And so they tested the lift node, but it came no cancer. So I'm here now and I feel great and I can breathe and I'm not coughing. So it's like life is back. Thank you. And so Pastor Lynn asked me like, when you went through being baptized, what did you feel? And before I was really scared, nervous, because I, I had felt defeated. Nobody could help me. And so after being baptized, I felt renewed and like a big weight just lifted off. And like happiness had been restored. <laughs> I went into surgery and I, all I thought was it's in God's hands. And I felt the trust there, the relief, and I was ready to breathe and live and enjoy life and not suffer anymore. Yeah. You're talking about when, when you were telling me, you, you said that they had oxygen ready for when you oh, came out. Yeah. But you said something like God woke you up. and. Yeah, so I woke up and I'm sitting there and I felt such relief, like I could actually breathe. And so they tell me, okay, we're gonna wheel you into your room. I'm like, okay, because I knew I had to stay a couple nights. And so they put me in my room and I had an IV for liquids and they're looking at me and they're looking at my vitals and they're like, you're breathing okay? Yeah. Really? And they looked at each other and they look at the screen and they're like, okay, well, we don't need to give you oxygen. And they wheeled it out. <laughs> so, it was great. All right. Anything else you want to share? Anything else you want me to share? Well, just look how good the Lord is, huh? There's lots of pictures I sent that we haven't shown. More pictures. Let's just see the... the I don't think we saw the one with the, with the hole where they were actually... Uh, yeah, that... Yeah, that's her back. So that is my heart. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, even more wow to turn. Oh. <laughs> wow. I said that twice already. Go I ahead. Know. So they, you know, they removed my lung. So my lung is right next to my heart. So they showed me that they're holding my heart while it's pumping while they do the surgery. So I thought I was going to be unable to like do this, so I cut my hair off. <laughs> There's a picture of that too. Oh, look. Oh. So she didn't believe me, so she gave me the scissors. So she's like, okay, you do the first cut. I'm like, okay. Well, I didn't think I could wash my own hair. Wow. 
Can't believe how good the Lord is, huh? He's so good, so good. Awesome, thank you. Let's just, this is just an amazing uh, uh, victory. You know, God doesn't have just one way of healing. Doctors are, are important too. It's, it's amazing that, you know, we, we prayed, hoping and believing, but it's still a gift from God. She's just a three, four days later, she's in church already. So let's just extend your hand toward her. Let's just pray over her. Let's just bless her. Uh, she's already walking in freedom. She already had the weight lifted off. Amazing things. Just look what the Lord has done. <laughs> We just thank you, Father. We just thank you for Renee. We just thank you for her testimony. Thank you for what you've already done, but we're just so excited and grateful for what you're going to do. The testimony that you've given her, the freedom that she now walks in, the freedom that she can now breathe in. We just thank you, Jesus. And we together bless her and say that you just be completely healed, that it would just be accelerated in the name of Jesus, that it would just be accelerated, 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 and that all things work together for our good, and that this for you is going to be a door that opens, and you're going to end up having an incredible testimony to share with others about the goodness of God. Amen. <laughs> Well, you want to sit on a stool and help me preach, or, or are we done? We're done? Okay. One more big hand for her. Thanks so much. Mm. God is so good, isn't he? That's just amazing. We're, we're seeing her heart right there 10 days ago, or whatever that was. Like, oh, man. Yeah, that's kind of hard for me to look at. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about, oh, about getting to know Jesus and just how good he really is. Um, a little bit about my growing up. I'm going to share a little of my own testimony. Um, I did not grow up in church. I've told you that before. I, I didn't grow up in church. And the, I was just thinking this morning as I was reflecting back, I remember church three times uh, growing up. Till I was 19. So I know I went more than that, but there's three times that I very distinctly remember. And <clears throat> one of those three times, in fact, the last one that I remember was going to a, a very strict, strict church that, uh, that my aunt was a part of, Aunt Betty was a part of for a long time, Bible Missionary Church. And we got to the middle of the service and they, they would get down on their knees and, and pray at, at prayer time, somewhere in the middle of the service that I remembered. And I remember my dad tapping me on the shoulder and going, like, hey, come on. So while they were praying, we snuck out. We went out to the, <laughs> we went out to the irrigation ditch, because it's out there in the sticks. So my dad it was starting to get a little bit nervous, and he needed to go out and have a smoke. So, <laughs> so we spent the rest of the service, most of the rest of the service, while... They were finishing service in there, out there, with my dad having a cigarette, and, and we just visited between the two of us. I love my dad. He taught me some amazing things, uh, great, great, great uh, principles, morals. Uh, just church was not a big part of it. So I, I, re I remembered that. It's like, yeah, it's not that important. But so, and then back up a little bit. I, uh, <laughs> I remember going to a little, a little church 
I think it was like Wesleyan Holiness, if I remember. A little bitty church and a couple times going down in the basement in, in the Sunday school and listening to the teacher teach a little bit down there. And then I remember going to, uh, what is it when you do it in the summer? And it has like two or three days, Bible. <laughs> Vacation Bible, yes. Vacation Bible school. And the kid sitting next to me, he, he knew the, the language pretty well. And, and uh, there was an altar call. And he said, he said to me, the only reason we're sitting here, the only reason you're sitting here is because the devil's sitting on your lap. And I was like, what? The devil's sitting on my lap? It's like I had no idea, no grid for what he was talking about. I did not feel that, that draw and that pull. And so I back up one more time to a, a, a previous Sunday. I went to school. I grew up in Caldwell. I went to school at Van Buren, grades one through four. And I remember learning to play marbles at Van Buren. You know, you draw a circle and you put, you got three or four marbles or five, however many that you have to come in the game with. You put your marbles down and then you have your favorite shooter. It's like, man, you're down there. It's like, and if you hit a marble and knock it out, you get to pick that marble up. Now, the way that we played, it was keepsies. <laughs> Whatever you knock out of the ring, you get to keep. And if your shooter stays in the circle, you get to shoot again, and it might be right next to another marble. So it's like, sticker stays in. I still remember that. If, the, if it doesn't bounce out of the circle, your marble stays there, and you get to shoot. I remember I got really, really good at that. I had a bunch of marbles. And I was bragging about that a little bit. And that Sunday school teacher said, you play marbles and you play keepsies? You can't do that. It's like, what? It's like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> this is about a bunch of rules. It's like, so I, I and, and then I had cousins that were a part of that church. And my cousins were the craziest, wildest, that were a part of the strictest church. It's like, Okay, yeah, I don't need any of this. That's not the Jesus that I need. That's not anything that I need or I really even want to be a, want to be a part of. So I, there was nothing exciting about it. There wasn't really anything about Jesus. There was a bunch of rules. Either the devil sitting on my lap and I can't play keepsies if I want to play marbles. <laughs> Does this make sense to anybody? Were there just a bunch of rules? Church? The organized church, to me, was a bunch of rules. It's like, yeah, I, well, I don't think that's going to be any fun. At 19, 19 and a half years old, you know, I had done a lot of experimenting and I'd taken some crazy paths and ended up getting called back to, or called to the Lord and kind of had a little bit of a, a meeting with him, we'll call it. Had a, a, a little bit of a meeting where I understood some through a couple of sermons, a couple of weeks of sitting through sermons that I kind of had to because I was staying with the people. Well, it was my Aunt Betty. <laughs> uh, staying with her in South Dakota and, and listening to the messages. And then there was a message that totally rang. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. And there would be a desire within me that could be filled by a loving father. 
It's like, oh, okay, that's what I want that. I want that. So for about the next, well, that would probably be 17 or 18 years, I was just thinking, I'm still sharing, we're going to get into, the, into some, some scripture here in a little bit, but I wanted to build a little, little of my background here. So for the next 18 years, I knew what I was hoping for was to end up with a real connection to fill this spot, that's something that I had been longing for, but not exactly how to do that other than becoming a part of that church and going to work for the church. This makes sense to anybody? You've jumped right in there and started working for the church. We're going we're gonna to do, we're going to serve, we're going to... So it's like, I think, okay, but was that really the way to get to know Jesus? Not necessarily. Definitely helps because you're in the atmosphere with a bunch of the right kind of people, but it's like, yeah, that... that it's been 18 years. Now, I graduated from Caldwell High School... When I graduated from high school, not, well, even before, two months before, when you're 18 years old, you could go to work for J.R. Simplots. So I turned 18 two months before I, yeah, two months before I graduated from high school, so I worked a 4 to 12 shift at J.R. Simplots. Never saw him, but I worked for him. Never got to know him, but I worked for him. And the glory that I received from that was a paycheck every two weeks. So, it's like, but I graduated from high school, and guess who the keynote speaker was at my graduation? J.R. Simplot. It's like, whoa, whoa, this guy I've been working for, now I'm going get to see, get to see him right up close and in person, and I think, if I remember right, maybe we even got to walk by and shake his hand. I don't remember that for sure, but I'm going to remember it that way because it makes it a much cooler story. <laughs> so, you know, when you get your... Diploma and, and the, the speaker that's up there, you know, it's like, wow, this is the, the owner of most of Caldwell, J.R. Simplot. It's like, awesome, awesome. So I did get to meet him. I had an encounter. I got to shake his hand, and I continued working for him till I went off to college. So good experience, good experience. And I had met the man, been in his presence, and I, I think shook his hand. I'm not positive. I would not swear to that, but I think so. It was 1970, and this is... 2022 right now. You do the math. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to fast forward here just a little bit. Um, I spent 18 years doing, probably holding almost every position other than senior pastor that the church, the organization that I was a part of, had available. So I went to work for the church. I'm working at serving Jesus and wanting to get to know him better, and I'm learning a lot about him. But my first actual encounter with the Lord Jesus was in 1990. So 1971, I asked Jesus to come into my heart and life. 1990, 19 years later, I was like, oh, this is what it can be. I was in Mexico the first week in June of 1990. I had met my wife. I had been to Valley Church about five times, experiencing some really cool worship and thinking, I, I like this. I think I like this. I think I like this. Until Pastor Rich jumped up one time and spoke in tongues and was like, holy smoke, what was that? <laughs> 
had no idea what just happened or took place there. Like, whoa. And it took me a few years. About 13 years after that, I received the gift myself. <laughs> slow learner, slow learner. Uh, so I was in Mexico and uh, <clears throat> going through with the most difficult patch in my life right there. And so I, I had gone to a service, a Thursday night service in Mexico. It's outside in June. It's rainy season. It's 90 degrees with about a probably 2,000% humidity. <laughs> and they worship for over an hour. They're out there under this canopy, so you're not getting rained on, but they worship for over an hour. It's like, wow, this is... But I could really feel the presence of God there. It's like, oh, this is, this is kind of like valley. It's like I feel something different, way different than I've ever experienced before. And I ended up going up to the front to be prayed for, even though it was all in Spanish and I understood about this much. And this little Mexican preacher came over there. I was standing in the front like what everyone else is doing. Like, and he touched my forehead. and <laughs> It's like, and this was outside in the grass, which had been a little bit wet. Anyway. It was one of those things that I had no idea what had even happened, no grid for whatsoever. But in that moment, or however many moments that lasted, because I didn't even know how long it lasted, I had encountered the presence and the Spirit of God in a way that I had no idea was even possible. It's like, and what I went up for to get healed up Instantly got healed up. My soul wounds were repaired. And I had an experience that I knew was incredible, was amazing. One that my friend Nacho Casillas, ones you guys have met from Mexico, the way that he describes it is like nothing's missing. Everything is complete. Nothing's missing. This is a, a, a state of perfection. A euphoric state like, oh, wow, so good. Experiencing the true joy of the Lord right there. So that was my first encounter, true encounter. It's like, whoa, there is so much more. I had no idea that this is something that could happen to me and that God could be a part of and that God could or would do. This is amazing. This is amazing. He is so good. He is so big. He is so powerful. He is so wonderful. I don't even know what all words to use to describe what had happened to me other than I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm well, I'm ready, I can go, I can do it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to really bounce around here just a little bit up there. I'm going to go to uh, uh, Third John, the Epistle of Third John, chapter one, verses. I have two mics going. We can fix that. Okay, we're going to go to 3rd John. 
First chapter, Beloved. Second verse, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Did you hear that closely? Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Everybody say all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. It's like, you know, when we have a, when we have um, a, a bad soul wound, when we have something that we've struggled with and that we just can't get over on our own, sometimes we need help from outside. And we have inner healing here at Valley Church. It's amazing that can be so, so, so helpful. We have Monday, uh, Monday healing rooms. We have appointments for, for, for inner healing that, that can have. We have a deliverance team that's off being trained, even next level training right now in, in Washington. It's like, it's so incredibly important that we find our soul healed up I remember when I went off to Mexico there, the, some of the struggles that, that I was going through emotionally, that the skin was peeling off my fingers, I had a crazy rash on my chest, even on my feet, skin was peeling off, and, and uh, once I got my soul healed up, the rest of the physical all took care of itself. It's just like, like, yes, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. John 10.10 10 says, you know, the, the, the enemy, Satan, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came that we would have life and have life to the abundance. Abundant life, completely whole. So we need to have body, soul, and spirit all healed up and lined up. Complete alignment. Everybody with me? It's really important for us to be able to fulfill what he's called us to do to end up getting our soul healed up. Amen. And sometimes that means that there is a lot of forgiveness that we need to do and that we need to walk out. My goodness, it's just surprising how much that will trip people up. Unforgiveness, holding on to resentment or unforgiveness in our hearts. Like, take care of that. We need to take care of that and then just see what the Lord can do. How much that, is this thing making really weird noises out there, or am I the only one here? No, just me. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, whoo. So, <laughs> we need to get healed up. We need to get our soul wounds taken care of. We need to be quick to forgive. Quick to forgive and quick to release so we can be physically healed, not just emotionally, but physically healed. Um, I'm going to read on down like two more verses. For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. That's good right there, isn't it? Awesome. Okay. Meeting Jesus, encountering Jesus, learning about Jesus, becoming a friend of Jesus. I want to turn now to, uh, as we talk about truth, we're going to turn now to Matthew 25. 
25th, 25th chapter of Matthew. I'm going to begin with verse 1. Jesus speaking and teaching here, he said, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. Ten virgins. These are like ten women that have kept themselves, that have, that have looked after themselves, that have, that have really paid attention and been mindful of the things that they do and what they protect. And the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. We know the bridegroom's Jesus, right? Now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels for their, with their lamps. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight, everybody say midnight. That's when it's like dark time. Everybody should be sleeping by midnight. At midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But you rather... Don't stand. Okay. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Everybody say, Get it for yourself. And then we're going to figure out what we're talking about. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready, everybody say, Ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. So, man, that's almost like Noah's Ark. Like, here comes the storm. The door is shut. Oh, sorry. Afterward, the other virgins came also. Now, this is the part that I, that, you know, that I used to really yeah, kind of struggle with a little bit. Well, they were virgins. That means that, that they were paying attention, that they were looking for the bridegroom, that they were wanting to be prepared, that they had a desire in their heart, but there was just something missing. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Open the door. We want to come in with you. And he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. You know, we also heard that, I don't know you. I don't know you. How important is it that we get to actually know Jesus? That we personally know Jesus? It's like, to hear that, it's like, well, but, but I have this desire, and I've done this stuff. I've worked. I, I've tried. I, I've, and I showed up. I just wasn't quite prepared. What do you think it means, like, no oil? Yeah. I think that 
in uh, as I as I began to think about like what what is Noah what does that mean what is my relationship with Jesus and as as I've walked this walk and I've learned so much more God's so big there's so much there's so many layers there's so much to it that uh, I just want more 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 and if we're those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled so there is more 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 available to us right yes yes. yes. I want more, 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 but the thing that I didn't have for such a long time and didn't really even understand existed was not only the infilling, but the wrapped up and endued with power from on high when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's like, it is doing your due diligence, spending time, intimate time with Jesus, to end up, I'll just call it in, in marriage, we've yeah, been to plenty of marriage counseling, but not, not marriage counseling, to, to learn to do marriage counseling. Uh, and she's taught me a lot. <laughs> uh, it's like when the love tank is full, and there's not insecurities because there's really good communication. You know, when you have really, really good communication in your marriage and that you're looking for the gold and when, when we're looking for things that are praiseworthy in our husband or in our wife and something that we're, we're, we're looking for things to be thankful for, it's like then, man, our relationship can begin to... To, to blossom. When I can speak to my wife about the things that I love about her and the things that I'm grateful for, and I give her praise, oh my goodness. That makes a re- <laughs> See that? Stand up and turn two circles. <laughs> no, she just absolutely loves that. When I'm looking for the things that she messes up and does wrong, and that's where my focus just goes, it's like, then that's where our relationship goes to. It's like, is that all you see? Are you not thankful for anything? What about, the, what about this? Yes, yes, yes. But you, it's like, okay. We need to be spending enough time with him, thanking him. I was like, how do we get to know Jesus? To make sure that he knows us. So that we're not among the five foolish virgins. What is it that I need to do for Jesus to get to know me? It's like, huh. Well, I'm glad you asked. Psalms 22.3 says, He inhabits, he lives in the praises of his people. It's like, oh, my wife thrives in the praises of her husband. Jesus lives in the praises of his people, inhabits our praise. It's like, man, if you want to end up beginning to get close to him, you know, the worship experience that we have here is absolutely incredible. That's where I first started learning 
first started seeing, first started hearing. I've had my first visions and, and, and the things that is like during worship. You know, I can come to worship and be like the five stupid, foolish virgins. <laughs> and I can sit and be bored or slightly entertained. Or I can engage in worship and the words that come out of my mouth are praising him, are glorifying him, because I have stepped in and engaged in worshiping him, because that's one of the biggest reasons that I'm here for, is to worship him, to give thanks to him. If I show up with an attitude of gratitude and am looking for the things in my life to thank him for, he is going to just bless my socks off in that. Does this make sense? You want him to know you? Start praising him. When you come into a, to a, 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 an atmosphere like this where there's so much praise going on, the presence is really heavy, that's an opportunity for you, a great opportunity for you to be raising your hands and thanking Jesus for all of the amazing things he's done for you. You see, that's like some of the preparation to end up filling the love tank. <laughs> this makes sense? Yeah. Psalms 104 says, We enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, be thankful to him and bless his name. Psycho. Jesus, we bless your holy name. Jesus. Let's just say it together. Jesus. 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 We bless your name. Name above all names. We exalt your holy name. And we thank you for your presence and your blessings. Amen. Yeah? Come on up. This is like crossroads time. I got like five more, five more scriptures or we can do something really amazing right here. So, no, go for it. I, I, I just think all the things, this seems like the perfect spot for it. Um, one of the things that we get to do. VSSM, in season, out of season. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, every Sunday morning, one of my favorite things with my dad is we always get to have our, we now have a five-minute message, basically. I get the little five-minute teaser of the Sunday message. This time it was like 25-minute <laughs> because I was like, Dad, like that honestly flows so much with all that we talked about at VSSM this week and, and weekend with our women's event. And we were talking about knowing Jesus. You know, like, as, as we begin to know our identity in Christ and what he's done, and one of the most beautiful ways is sharing testimonies. And with our, our first-year class, uh, we had one of the lessons was on salvation. So we were sitting there, 
And I'm like, all right, guys, who is Jesus to you? And they start sharing beautiful answers of who Jesus has been to them, like who he is. And I was like, okay, what has Jesus done? And I said, let's not give the good blanket answers, because there are answers that we can give that are true and are good, that are, oh, he saved me, he redeemed me. I said, make it personal. Let me hear your testimony. What has Jesus done for you? And as we begin to share, it was so beautiful because of the class. You could just see people start crying. And one of the powerful things about sharing testimonies and actually remembering what Jesus has done for us personally, it's an invitation to know his character. As we begin to hear what he's done for each different person, it is an invitation to intimately, personally know him, know his ways, how he works, know his heart. And so with that, I have a few testimonies. Want me to flow this way any other way right now? You're up. Okay, perfect. So Micah, she's out in the lobby right now. Let me text her to come in. Calling Micah. Calling Micah, aisle four, please. You're amazing, Micah. So this is... This is what I love about our church. Look at you, sister. I was just about to. I know. I was, I was prepping to text you. Um, this is what's fun about the family of God and creating an environment where, like, let's celebrate what Jesus is doing. I literally, Micah shared at our women's event, and it was so powerful. Um, but I just walked in the hallway to her just to let you know. And I was like, Micah, <laughs> your testimony was really powerful. Would you want to share it today? And she goes, she's like, no. I'm like, you can say no. And she goes, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) And so I'm going to have her share. And here's the thing. Like I said, with testimonies, what we're doing is we're boasting in the Lord. And we're, we're boasting in who he is. And when you begin to position your heart of, I want to see you rightly, Jesus. And through every testimony, it is an invitation to see his nature and his character. So I'm going to have Micah share a little bit of um, a recent testimony that really reveals the heart of God and being a child of God. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I think all the details are beautiful. Okay, perfect. Super not prepared. Prepared for, you know, Friday night, but not today. Um, no, Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, my husband's TJ. We have three children, one more on the way. And uh, last year, we decided to try our luck at buying a house. Not fun process last year when everyone else was trying to buy a house as well. But um, we were like, okay, Lord, we feel like we're supposed to do this. We had moved here a year prior to that and rented. Um, and so we were in the, in the process of like looking at different houses. And shout out to Val who I think may have taken her grandbabies home, she walked us through that process. And it was, it was one of those things where you think you're like, okay, but, you know, it'll be different. We'll, like, look at the first house, and we'll see it, and we'll get it, and it'll be great. Didn't happen like that. So it was, like, house after house. We were looking. We were, we were like, Lord, don't you want this for us? Like, I thought we were supposed to, like, do this, and it just wasn't happening. And I was like, God, come on, please, let us buy this house. Wouldn't happen. Lord, let us have this house. Wouldn't happen. 
So in the midst of all of that, um, I decided to be super fun mom and like, I'm going to make muffins with my two-year-old who love her. Anyone who knows Oakley, she is a spitfire. She's like <laughs> my, lear- I learned so much from her. Jesus just speaks to me all the time because she just challenges me all the time. But anyway, I'm like, I'm going to be super fun. I'm going to make muffins with my daughter. So get her in the kitchen, get everything out. And uh, we start the process, and I, like, pull everything on the counter, and she looks at me, and she's like, Mom, are they done? And I was like, no, honey, we got a whole lot of process to do before we can have finished muffins. So we start doing it, and, like, two seconds later, she's like, are they done yet? And I was like, mm-mm, nope. And so I explain everything, and I'm like, I'm being really patient, like, all right, this is how it works, and whatever. I'm like, we've done this a lot before, but whatever. So we're in the process, and mixing and doing this and get them, you know, almost to the oven. She goes, are they done? And I was like, no, they're not done yet. Like, they're, it's a process. So anyway, so we, I put the muffins in the oven, turn the light on, and I'm like, stand here and watch until they're done. Like, that'll work. She's like sitting there. She's like, they done? I was like, no. It's like, okay, I'm going to just sit down. I get down on her level, sit on the floor, and I'm like, honey, am I a good mom? And she goes, mm-hmm, yeah. And I was like, okay. So if I'm a good mom, do you think I would hide the muffins? I'd have you help me make them, and then I'd just hide them, and I would not let you have any? Or do you think I'd share them? And she goes, oh, yeah, you'd share the muffins with me. I'm like, okay. So if I'm a good mom and I'm going to share the muffins, you probably don't need to ask anymore when they're going to be ready because I will be telling you as soon as they're ready. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay. So she, like, stands up, runs off to play in the playroom. She's like... Great, totally distracted, great moment. And I'm like, ah, I did it. That was a good, that was a good parenting moment. It's like stand up and I walk <laughs> over to the sink. I'm like doing some dishes and like cleaning up the tornado mess. And I'm like, you know, doing my thing. And I just feel Papa God just start laughing at me. And I was like, what? And he goes, beloved, am I a good dad? And I was like, <laughs> you are. You're a really good dad. He goes, if I... If you ask me for bread, am I going to give you, if you ask me for a fish, am I going to give you a stone? And I was like, no, you're not. He goes, so do you feel like if you ask me for this house, am I going to deny you? Am I going to keep it a secret? Am I going to not give it to you when it's ready? Am I, or am I going to be like an excited <laughs> daddy on Christmas morning going, I'm getting the house? Like his excitement. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Like, Lord, you are so good. You will give us a house in the right timing, in the right season, in the right moment. It's just not ready yet. And I had to repent. And I was like, Lord, thank you for being a good God, like knowing exactly what we needed. And at the end of that week, actually, we ended up finding our house. So it was quick. But yeah, anyway. So good. And in that, just like Pastor was saying, we can do, we can work for the Lord, but then as we begin to step into our identity as a child of God, where he goes, mm, my good dad, do I care for you? And these, that's why I said it's an invitation to realize we have a good dad. Amen. He cares for us. And if you need to be reminded of that today, just receive that for yourself. You have a good father who cares for you. He's not trying to hide things from you. He has wonderful gifts, and he does it at the right time. He doesn't want you to have a mushy muffin. 
You know, he wants it to be cooked, be prepared. He's good. Okay. Another testimony here. Um, this is one of our first-year students, and his name is Eric. It has been such a treat. You can come up now. It has been amazing. Eric and Selena, we love this come on wonderful down. couple. And so when I was asking, you know, saying, what has Jesus done for you? As he began to share, it, it was just so beautiful. So we'll keep it. A little emotional, but that's, that's reality. That's when we open up our hearts. God moves in. He cares about healing our emotions, our soul. And so... <laughs> emotional, sorry about it. Kleenex with me. Um, when Pastor Chrissy asked a question, I, just, I, I was excited to share about what Jesus has done for me. And uh, as soon as I raised my hand and start, started to talk better. There we go. Okay. As soon as I started to talk, I was just overwhelmed with emotion. Um, here it comes again. Uh, about 21, 22 years old, I moved away from Christ. I was raised in a, a church family and went to church every Sunday and uh, got my soul hurt at church. Moved away from church, and uh, he never left me. He continued to put his protective hands around me and guide me and brought me here to this wonderful church with my wonderful church family. He just never gave up on me. Never gave up on me. Continued to guide me, and now he blesses me every day. Brought me here to this home, and I just can't thank him enough. <clears throat> oh yeah that one the work example of my friends uh, um, we had a question at one time about do people I think it was in our prof I can't remember what quiz it was but uh, I think I know what you're talking about yes yes I uh, in my industry construction industry kind of a hard industry people have come up to me now uh, Selena, I've been coming here for a few months, um, really got back to my faith two or so years ago. And uh, people have come up to me now and just saying they see the difference in me, they see the change in me, they like the new me. Selena even shared that, uh, <laughs> that, she's, that I wasn't a very nice person. And uh, I get a lot of that now, that people really like the new me. They, they really like the new me. They ask me why I get to share that it was God, Jesus, that has brought me to this point in my life, and uh, he is such a good, good father. Amen. Yeah, yeah, we, had a, we have a 30-foot deep trunk sewer project in Nampa that we're doing, and it's got challenges. It has real challenges. And uh, Jake from Adler Industrial just came up and asked me, how are you always so calm when things are going south. And I just smiled and looked at him and I said, it's God. That was the first word out of my mouth. And uh, he just, wow. And I said, yeah, it's God. It's, uh, you know, I'm God driven these days. God guides me, God protects me. Um, and uh, one of the other project managers, Pete Wilson was standing there smiling and 
he reminded me that I wasn't always that much of a nice person. Yeah, I think, but Jesus, yes, but Jesus, yes, yes. It's the reality. We are awesome. new creations in Christ that literally at work, people begin to say, you're different. I like the new you, that our life is a message to those around us. Short you. Okay, here's our last one. Crystal, my girl, why don't you come up, beautiful. So proud of Crystal Lagunas. She is, she's a powerhouse. She's one of our third-year students now, too. And watching her walk with Jesus has been so beautiful. So I'm going to have her share a testimony about what Jesus has done in her life and how he is so good. Yeah, um, well, good afternoon, everyone. I just wanted to share with everyone, um, a few weeks ago, I was just so excited. I had to reach out to Pastor Christy with a testimony. So I had been just tormented my whole life, just believing so many lies from the enemy that I wasn't chosen, that I just wasn't enough or, you know, and even in my life, I just always felt like I was, you know, set aside, you know, picked last. And uh, that caused a lot of, like, insecurity inside of me. And it caused me to just look at every woman just like as a threat or they're out to get me or they just, they don't like me and, you know, fine, you know, your guard just goes up. And then, you know, I came to this church and everyone was just so kind and so loving and, but I almost couldn't believe it. And, you know, that guard stayed up like, no, any minute now, like, you know, true colors come out, you know, any minute now. And, but I never, you know, it stayed consistent and I just kept feeling the love of God and so many encounters here um, with Jesus. During worship, During worship, yes, he would always just encounter me like, constantly constantly just showing me who who I was but part of me just was kind of like no I don't know I don't know about that um, but a few weeks ago um, we were just driving around with my husband just out in the countryside in Marsing and just staring out the window I wasn't praying or you know worshiping or anything I was just you know sitting there with my thoughts and he just yeah yeah please <laughs> I grabbed her too Really quick. So this just shows you how amazing people are at in and out of season. <coughs> okay, yes, this is what I texted her. So yesterday we were driving around the countryside in Marsing. I wasn't necessarily praying or anything, but without me asking or thinking about it, God set me free in an area where I know I had been struggling in my whole life. I have heard these words before from others, but it is so different when he directly speaks it. He said to me, you don't have to compete with anyone, especially any girls or women. That's what leads to a spirit of jealousy. Every single woman you come across is running the same race you are. You are all trying to get to the same place, and this is not a race. Or, or, and this race is not a competition. And... Um, I just went on to tell her, just like that, all my insecurities left. Insecurities I had lived with uh, for years, comparing myself to others, believing lies that I wasn't enough, 
or that others were better. And I put, boom, just gone. And all I felt was the love of God and the Father's heart for each person he brought to mind that I had grown bitter against for years because I had believed I was so small and placed the blame out elsewhere. In his kindness, he chose to set me free. I even felt the fear of man just flee, which was just a cool bonus. And I would just feel like weeping thinking about it, but he is just so good. Um, and I was able to... Um, share that with her and I continue to believe that's true like just once you encounter the father I shared on Friday when you encounter the father you begin to see others with his eyes and you begin to have his heart for others um, and it's just the purest of love that you begin to see everyone with so that's my testimony <laughs> come on Crystal oh, thank you just one of the things that I've always been is very, very, very competitive. And one of the things that I taught my daughter to do is to be very, very, very competitive. And one of the things that, that I, I came to realize over the last 10 or 12 years, uh, now at 70 years old, so that means like 58 or so, I finally started to figure out, like, wow, everything is not a competition. And that how val valuable and important it is that I think of others and end up thinking of others above myself sometimes. I need to prefer others to myself sometimes. And that's not an easy thing to do when you've been hyper-competitive where everything's a competition. And that's just like, and I raise my kids to do the same thing. So uh, one of those things that Christy definitely has had to, Pastor Christy, to uh, work on herself. Amen. Uh, do you have something else? I'm, I'm more than anything, we're saying with this, whenever you hear testimony, it's an invitation to step into that freedom as well. So when you hear it, we, we say, do it again, God. He can set you free in a moment. Because while she was in her car, just driving, enjoying life. Just enjoying life. And in that moment, the Lord in his kindness goes, whoop. You ready to be free from jealousy? You ready to be free from these lies that have been hindering you and holding you back? But that's when we come to personally know Jesus, that he's a friend who cares. He cares about every aspect of our lives. Stick around. Just, I want to I wanna finish just with very, very, very brief. Uh, one of the things that, two things that I wrote down that I believe are absolutely key in this Understanding my identity in Christ is thinking that everything was competition for such a long time. Uh, it, it seems like that's what the world teaches us. It's just like we have got to be the best. We've got to be the best. We've got to be the fastest. We've got to be the richest, the most powerful, the whatever, whatever, whatever. And really, when we begin to understand our identity in Christ, like Eric is talking, <laughs> how he has changed so much. I thought that was really good. Crystal, it's like, and... Uh, Oh, and Micah, uh, amazing, incredible. Didn't they all just do a fantastic job up there? <clears throat> One of the big things the first year in VSSM, Valley School of Supernatural Ministry, is really learning and beginning to understand identity, our identity in Christ. This is something that I, that I wrote down that came to me actually just this morning. said, my identity in Christ is established when others identify him in me. 
My identity in Christ is established when others identify him in me. Romans 8, 29 and 30 is that we were predestined. All things work together for our good. We were predestined to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And it's really important that uh, another scripture, uh, John 3, 30 says, you know, I have to decrease that he might increase. It's like it's so really, really, really important. It doesn't mean that, it means that the thoughts, it's like, but what about me? What about me? What about me? It's my, I should have, I need, I should have. What about, I should get credit for that. I should get, I, 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 I need to decrease so Jesus in me can increase so that people see him in me. And a song that came to me this morning, early, early this morning, that we've not heard because our old worship leader, Don Christensen, wrote it. And he passed away just shortly after our son passed. And so I know that we haven't heard this for 16 or 17 years. And it just came flooding to me this morning. I started singing. It says, it said why don't you just sing that instead of uh, just... You let me sing it? Oh, Lord, help us all. I better just say it. Let the light of your love shine through me. Let me honor you in all of my ways. Jesus, I want to be an instrument of praise. Isn't that good? It's like, wow, wow, wow. It's like, Jesus, I want to be an instrument of praise. Now you do it. Let the light of your love shine through me. Let me honor you in all of my ways. Jesus, I want to be an instrument of praise. Well, that was a huge decrease so he could increase. Oh, my goodness. That was, that was humbling right there. My dad would say, Lynn, you need to sing solo. It's like, what? Solo, nobody can hear you. <laughs> and now I know you all agree. <laughs> now, let the light of your love shine through me. Let me honor you in all of my ways, that my identity in Christ becomes his identity in me that others can see. Okay, go ahead and close, man. Let's go ahead. Let's stand up. Just put your hand on your heart. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for your mercies that were new today, that are new today. Thank you that you care for us. And I just thank you that you're teaching us to see you rightly, that you are a loving father who hasn't abandoned us. Your plans are to give us a future and a hope, which means you care, that you don't want to set us up for failure. So we just thank you for confidence right now that we have a father who loves us and cares for us.
Jesus, I thank you that because of what you paid for on the cross, we are new creations in Christ. We are. The old has gone and the new has come. Thank you that we are dead to sin and we're alive to God because of your blood, Jesus, because you care for us, because you love us, because you chose us, because your plan was for us to be holy and righteous, to do the good works, to walk out the dreams that you have for us, God, to walk in our God-given identities, Lord. So I thank you for that right now. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you equip us, you lead us and you guide us. So if you've been feeling like I can't do it, guess what? The Lord sent the helper to help you because he cares. And so right now, I just thank you for that assurance that Holy Spirit, you're helping us. You are helping us. And I thank you, Jesus, that you care about our souls being free and that you want lies to be washed off of us. So right now, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to bring truth to life right now. Lord, that we'd begin to see ourselves the way that you do. I thank you that jealousy has to go right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that comparison has to go now in Jesus' name. I thank you that every person is needed in this room. Every single person is needed to be exactly who you've created them to be. Not a copy, not a counterfeit, exactly who you've created them to be, Jesus. That we all have value and worth, that we are loved children of God, and that we get to make you known in all that we do. So Lord, I pray right now for that confidence to be who you've created us to be. That you love us, you've chosen us, And you're the one who actually says you're worth it over us. You declare our worth and our value over us. So I thank you for that right now, that you would fill us with confidence and that we would see you rightly, Jesus. That we would see you rightly, Jesus. And Lord, more than anything, I pray that you would give us the eyes of Christ and that you would baptize us with love. Thank you, Jesus, for baptizing us with love for each other, for you, for the lost, that you would help us to see people through your eyes of love, Jesus, and to see ourselves through your eyes of love. Thank you that you're binding us together with peace and with love. And I close with that scripture again, 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience and perseverance of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, we have a prayer team. We invite the prayer team. If there's something that you need prayer for this morning, encourage you to come. If you'd like to just be prayed for, it's like his mighty power working in us gives us the ability to do and to accomplish whatever he's called us to do his mighty power working in you and me amen it is social sunday as well so we encourage you all